I have worked at camp before and I have counseled at camps before and no matter what I will always say junior girls are the loudest um yeah Uh, the funny thing is, this morning, um, Joy and I were sitting at the back while you guys were uh, doing your introduction thing. I, just out of curiosity, put something called a decibel counter on my phone. Um, and that measures how loud things are. Uh, you know, a jet engine measures at what's called 150 decibels. I, I don't exactly know what that is, but it's like 150. You guys were well over 80 this morning. So you're on your way to becoming a jet engine. That's how loud you are. So, good job. Um, no, I am Emily Klein, and I will tell you guys a little bit about myself in a minute, and I'm excited to spend some time with you digging into God's word and just getting to know you guys along with our passage. But we're just gonna go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Um, and then I'll tell you guys a little bit about myself um, before we dig in, okay? So let's just go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Uh, God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be here at IRBC. Um, we even thank you for the heat, um, the fact that it's not raining, the fact that regardless we can still be here. Just we want to praise you for that opportunity. Help us to see those as opportunities. Help us to see those as chances to praise you and just to um, glorify you in each aspect of our day. Lord, allow me to just speak clearly and to um, share with these girls what you would have me to share. God, we love you, and we're excited to see what you have for us this week. In your name I pray. Amen. Now, like I said, my name is Emily Klein, and haha, I got it to work. Technology is not my best friend. Um, so I might have to ask some of the front row to help me occasionally. You laugh, but it's true. I'm only like in my 30s, but I act like a 50, 60-year-old. No offense to any counselors. Um, I should have thought of that before I talked. Okay, anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, like I said, I have worked here before, but I currently am a special ed teacher in a tiny little town called Dysert, Iowa. Has anybody heard of Dysert, Iowa? Oh, there's my dessert, desertians, dessert, dessert, what do you call us? Desertians, people from Dysert. Um, I grew up in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and I attended Hagerman Baptist. Where's my Waterloo people? There you go. Oh, yep, there's the rest of you. Um, and then I went to Faith Baptist Bible College and then taught at Ankeny Christian Academy for seven years. Do I have any ACA people? Yes, yes. I actually have some of my former students here, which is really weird and makes me feel old. Um, you laugh again. People keep laughing at me. This is not good. I uh, then moved back to the Waterloo area, and I have been teaching there for two years. I am not a famous speaker. I am not some missionary person. I am not world-renowned for anything like that. But God chose to use my skill in talking 
to be able to come and work with you guys. And I am excited about that. I will also tell you, because I am a teacher, I don't always stick to my notes. So, if we're writing, don't be stressed and don't allow missing a blank to distract you from what we're learning, okay? We can fill those in later, okay? Don't focus so much on that that you stop listening. Now, I'm going to teach you, or I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself each night. I don't want to completely bore you the first night with everything about me. I'm just going to tell you maybe one thing every night. And tonight is that I am a teacher. And that's going to play into our lesson somehow. That I know. Just because it's summer doesn't mean you're going to have to start stop learning. It's going to happen a little bit throughout the lesson. I might even make you participate a little bit. I know. You might have thought you were done with school, but it's never done. Sorry. My first question, though, for... I know, the teachers in the audience are very happy. That's great. Um, my first question, though, is our theme for the summer, you know, we've been talking about it, is this whole life, it's more than a game. What, what do they even mean when they say theme? Does anybody know what a theme is? Just shout it out. Okay, main idea, what we're talking about, like a birthday party. Okay, it's describing what we're talking about. You guys had some good ideas. It is the subject we're talking about. It's like the idea that occurs over and over again. So this is our topic of conversation. It's the topic that the camp has chosen. When we have themes at a party or a theme of a book, maybe it's a theme that you're studying, that idea that you're sticking with. Now, our theme is life. It's more than just a game. But when I think of a game, I think of everything from board games, sporting events, activities, um, whoops, a little too much, um, games, activities, sports, everything. My family loves games. I love, I've been involved in coaching. I've been involved in playing. I can beat anybody in the world at Connect Four. Like, it, it just is. There are so many different games, and they can be used in different ways. What are some of the different games that you guys enjoy playing? I just named like two, that was it. But, Ticket to Ride, okay, get video, oh, video games. Uh. Okay, all right. All right, so, wow, I got like two of those. Um, so there are a lot of different games. They all have a lot of the same ideas. There's different ways to play. They all have the same ideas, though. Yes, these are just a couple different pictures of, that was a youth group game. That, that's my grandma playing, throwing hatchets. And yes, I got involved in donkey basketball this year. Um, that's a real thing, yes. It's awesome. Um, so there are a lot of different types of games. There's a lot of types of activities. 
But when we get the idea of life, it's more than just a game. Pastor Phil, Pastor Caleb, Pastor Dave, all the people that were working with camp, the staff, they decided that we needed to think through that topic. And the passage in John 10.10, and we needed to dig a little bit deeper. So our theme verse, does anybody think that they can quote that so far? Raise your hand if you think that you can stand up and quote John 10.10 already. NASA, go ahead and stand up. Nice job. I will buy you a slushie later. All right. I will repeat that. John 10, 10 says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The camp put that as our theme verse, having to do with life. It's more than just a game. So tonight we're going to try and figure out just a little bit if life is more than just a game, what is it? What is the purpose or the reason for our life? The rest of the week, we're just going to look at some of the different pieces, the different um, parts that play into that life and then the outcome that it has and just see what God has for us. Now, let's take a look at the actual game of life. When we are, well, first of all, raise your hand, just raise your hand if you have ever played the actual game of life. Okay, that's encouraging. When we play the actual game of life, what is the purpose? You. To get to the end. Okay. While you're playing, you're trying to do a bunch of stuff to get to the end. You're looking for getting your best job. You're looking for making the money. You're trying to get the kids. You get to make all these decisions. You're going to get the best house. You're getting all these different choices. You're going to go to college. You're going to get a job, making all these choices, moving towards the end. You know what? If you don't like it, I'm just going to quit. Not a big deal. How many of you have younger siblings that if they just don't like what you're doing, they're just going to throw a fit, go tell mom, yep. That's how games work. If they don't like it, they'll just go and quit. And you know what? At the end, she just said it. We're working towards getting to the end. At the end, the game is done. The most that could happen, possibly bragging rights. Maybe I make a deal with you and say, hey, if I win, you have to get me a slushie. That's the most. So compared to life, okay, life, it's more than a game. This is the game of life. Are there any similarities? Are there any differences? When we take a look at that, I, I love the fact that you're raising your hands. That means you're listening. Hold your thought for just a minute. When we are looking at that, when we're looking at life, when we're looking at the game, what are the same? What is different? Are there any things that are the same? Do we still just go for the best job? Is our goal to make the most money? Is the only thing that we are working for bragging rights at the end and then it's all done? Do we just push for the best job and the most kids and then the best house? And you know what? If we get mad, we can just walk away. It's not a big deal. Many people have different views of what life is. 
for the purpose, the ways to succeed, the reasons, even why we exist. And most people, whether they go to church or not, measure their purpose and their reason for life through some measure of success. Now, we have to stop and think if that is God's view of our reason. We have to stop and think about, hmm, what would his purpose for our lives and what should our outcome, what is our outlook for what he would have for us? In my mind, when I think about life, there's no giant spinner. I have never seen that. When I decided to go to college, there wasn't a deck of cards I could draw from to decide where to go. There wasn't a spinner to decide how much I was going to make when I got my first job. There are some differences. Do we still get a say in some things? Probably, but there are still some differences. What I want to do now, though, is I want to stop and I want to think about some of those things. I had some friends already raising their hand to think about some of those similarities and some of those differences, and I want to make you think a little bit more about that. There's a little bit of that teachering coming in here. If I just sit and talk to you the whole time, then you're just going to be listening to me and you're not going to be responsible for any of your learning and you're just going to take it at face value. I could tell you that purple unicorns exist and you're just going to believe me. Obviously they do, but it's true. I want you guys to put a little bit of work into it because if you put a little bit of work into it, if you do a little bit of your own thinking, it makes you a little bit responsible for your own learning. So I want everybody to get your booklet out that you got today. And I want you to turn to page five. I don't want you to do anything other than that. I want you to turn to page five. On page five, there is this little chart. And it says the world's view, and it says God's view. In just a minute, I'm going to have you just turn to the person next to you, turn to one or two people beside you, and I just want you to jot down. I gave you a couple ideas here. I want you to just jot down anything else you can think of as to why or what the reasons people around you would see like purposes for life as being? Is it just for the money? Is it just to be happy? Is it just to party? See if you can come up with any other ideas, okay? Give me a thumbs up if you know what I'm asking you to do. Oh, I love it. If you don't have a pen, ask someone around you. This is junior girls camp. I know someone has 42 in their bag, so... Yeah, that's, yeah. So, I only want you to do the world's view, okay? I'm going to give you two minutes to do that. Just turn to the person next to you. See if you can come up with maybe three or four different options. Write down what you think the world's view is.
Okay, freeze. Now I want you to pause and without looking any verses up, just jot down on that other side under God's view what you think any of God's view on what our reason for life should be. Okay? So talk with your the person next to you and just write down any reasons you think that God would have for our purpose in life or reasons for life. All right. I know I didn't give you very much time, but go ahead and focus back up here for just a minute. When we think through this, this was obviously just what we were thinking through, and I'm glad I heard a lot of good brainstorming there. There are tons and tons of different reasons, and I would love to sit in here all of the different ones that you came up with. I'm just going to throw a few that I came up with um, up on the board. And, you know, if you came up with these as well, that sounds great. Just a couple different reasons that I came up with. Things like making money, fame, happiness, being kind. Did anybody come up with some of those? Okay. And then on God's view, maybe just to know him and to glorify him, to tell others about him and to serve him. Anybody come up with any of those? Okay. Did anybody else come up with other ones? Okay, just shout a couple out. Oh, yes. Love yourself, love others. Okay, read your Bible. Okay. Okay. I love the fact that we are coming up with different answers for both sides. You guys, this is great. Now, ah, we never have enough time. I'm going to talk to Pastor Phil about just making this longer. Okay, guys, you good with that? Okay. Pastor Caleb, you heard that? Okay. These are great ideas, but if we do not have scripture to back them up, these are just our words, right? One of the things that I really, really want to encourage you guys with is knowing your Bible. If you guys have your Bibles this week, I really, really encourage you to bring them. Don't freak out. We are not looking up every single one of these verses because I'm going to summarize them. I did put a lot on here, and we won't be able to turn to every single one, but I am going to summarize them like I just said. But this week, like I said, I also I am going to encourage you to always, always look to God's word for truth, especially in our, word today, our world today. When people are suggesting that the reason for life is fame, the reason for life is happiness, the reason for life is to make money, what does God's word say? We need to be looking to God's word to have our answers. Guys, we need to be going to God's word to know truth. John 17, 17 says that God's word is truth. We need to go there first. Not the internet, not our friends, not our family. We need to go to God's word. 
but what if you don't know the Bible very well? Is that okay? What a better time to learn. I'm going to summarize these ones very, very quickly just because we just don't have enough time. When we look at man's view, what the Bible says about man's view, the path that man chooses, when they go their own way, when they choose what they want to do, when they decide that they're going to do whatever they want to do, over and over again it says, you know what, when they go their own way, in Proverbs it says their path is crooked. When the heart of man makes his own plans, ooh, it seems right, but it ends up in death. Hmm. There again, the ways seem right to man, but it equals death. That's not encouraging. Seems not great if we're following man's, man's view. But then, if we look at God's view, and we look at some of the things that God has set aside for us, some of the things that God has suggested or, or told us. He says to delight yourself in the Lord, and he's going to give you the desires of your heart. It tells us to glorify God. It tells us to serve God with our gifts. It tells us that if we trust in him, he will direct our path. Um, verses after verses. I only put a handful up here. We could go on and on and on and on. There are tons and tons of verses about how God wants what's best for us, how he cares for us, how he will direct us, how he loves us. God, we have, guys, we have a great and loving God. It is very, very hard in the world we live in to remember that. But you guys, we're never alone. We never have to worry in our life about understanding our purpose. We never have to worry about having a reason because we can always go back to God's word and remember that he cares about us and he has a plan for us. Now, like I said, that was a ton. Oh, man, we really just don't have enough time. Okay, now, God really wants us to remember that. He wants us to keep that in mind because there is more to life than just the right now. There is more to life than making our own plans. We're going to skip back over, and we're going to jump to our John 10 passage again because that does play into this. Our friend over here quoted it earlier. And our John 10 passage says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now, we're going to read a little bit more of the passage because we're going to be discussing this John 10 chapter a little bit more this week. When you guys are looking at verses... You have to be careful not to just pick a chunk or a verse and not know anything else about it. Sometimes you have to read the information around it because you'll know what's going on. Sometimes it gives more more of the story. Sometimes it gives you more information. And it's important to know what's going on. When we are looking at this John 10 passage, 
If I say, you know, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. You say, oh, okay, sounds good. It kind of makes me actually stop and think. I probably shouldn't just say, oh, okay, sounds good. I kind of want to step back and say, what on earth are they talking about? And I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Huh. Maybe there's more to this. So what we're going to do is we are actually going to turn to John 10. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to John 10. Also, if you do not know where John 10 is, that is okay. Ask one of your friends. They are more than happy to help you. The Bible is divided into the Old and New Testament, and it is in the New Testament. We're going to read quite a few verses, but I'm going to break it up a little bit, just because we need to, for the rest of the week, know what's going on. When you get to John chapter 10, we're going to read verses 1 through 21, but like I said, we're going to break it up a little bit into chunks, and I'll explain a little bit about what's going on. Now, in this passage, Jesus is talking to the disciples, okay? So keep that in mind. I'm going to go ahead and start, and it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hears his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice." A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Now I'm going to pause right there. As we're going through this passage, um, Jesus gives these disciples a little example, and then it says, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, they did not understand what he was saying. What happened was, Jesus was teaching, he was trying to teach them something, and he was using a figure of speech, he was using a metaphor or an illustration. And a lot of teachers do this. If I was in the classroom, I might use something like a sports illustration. Like I might say, hey, there was a coach and there were some players and they wanted to get into the game. But in this day, in Jesus' time, they didn't have a basketball team. What they did have was sheep and shepherds. So Jesus used what was around them. Jesus used what they were familiar with, and he made a picture for them to understand. And he made a quick picture, and he just said, hey, yeah, the sheep, they came, yada, yada. But the disciples, they weren't getting it. So Jesus had to back up and he's like, okay, I'm going to break this down even more. And when we pick up in verse 7, Jesus is re-saying it in an even more broken down way. Okay, so we're going to pick up in verse 7. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. 
All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I, with, charge I have received from my Father. There is again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, He has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of the one who is um, oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? I appreciate that. Jesus had to go back through and break it down even more for the disciples. And we, throughout the rest of the week, are going to dive into that passage. And we are going to break apart what it meant I'm not saying that you don't get it like the disciples. I am not saying that at all. But I'm saying that we need to be able to understand what we are reading. But I do want to take a look again at verse 10, where it says that we may have abundant life. I want to ask you, what does it mean to have abundant life? The word abundantly in and of itself means having or possessing something in a large Quantity it means plentiful, bountiful, or galore. If I have an abundance of Oreos in the retreat center, it means that I have a ton of Oreos in the retreat center. I am not going to admit if that is true or not. If the nurse is abundantly prepared with Band-Aids, it would mean she has a lot of Band-Aids ready for this week. What do you think it means, then, if Jesus is saying that he wants us to have that abundant life, if he wants us to have life abundantly? Hmm. It's okay, I just want you to think for a minute. Throughout the week, we are going to be digging into how we obtain that, how we have that abundant life in Jesus. Throughout the week, we're going to look at why Jesus takes the time to go through all of this multiple times to make sure the disciples understood. Throughout the week, we are going to break apart those different things like the sheep and the shepherd and the different things like the thieves and the robbers that came and tried to come in and take them away. 
we're going to break apart this passage and really see why Jesus put all of this in here. Now, I do want to leave you with a little challenge tonight. I really do want you just to think about if your view on life is that of what would be a worldview. Because even at third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, we can have a view where we really want to become a star athlete. We really want to become the next multi-million dollar YouTuber. We, you laugh, but it's true. We really want to be the most popular person in school. We really want to be known for this or that. Or is your purpose more towards God's view? One of glorifying him, one focused on those things that focus on serving him and glorifying him. I just want you to think about that tonight. I want you to ponder that. I want you to think through that. And the last thing I want you to think about is, which one do you think God would prefer you to have? Where would you think God would want you to be focused on? Okay? Well, like I said, throughout the week, we're going to dive into this a little bit more. Tonight, I really just wanted to challenge you with this first idea of life being more than a game. We're going to dig in deeper as we go throughout the week. Um, but let's go ahead. We're going to close in a word of prayer before Pastor Caleb comes up and gives you some more directions, okay? So let's go ahead and close in a word of prayer. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this opportunity we had just to dig into your word. Um, thank you for each of these girls and their attentiveness. Please just allow them to continue to um, focus and just to learn from your word and just to focus on what you would have for them. God, um, allow them to have good discussions with their counselors and just to be able to be safe in all their activities. In your name I pray, amen.